Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. This is Allison Klein. We're recording live from Barcelona at Mobile World Congress, and I'm delighted to be joined by John Healy, GM of Software Defined Networking Division at Intel. Welcome, John. Good to see you. So, John, you were on the show at last Mobile World Congress, and you did a wonderful job educating everyone about network function virtualization. The industry has made a lot of progress. Yes, it has. It's very exciting to be here this year and see how a journey that's probably taken maybe two and a half years to get to where we are today has really evolved. We think Casterminds back to 2012 when NFV as a term emerged into the industry and the service providers or the carriers of the networks, owners of the networks, were really trying to galvanize a momentum amongst their vendors community and amongst themselves as to what they could be achieved with NFV. And here we are in 2015 and we have demonstrations and proofs of concept and everybody who can is showing something that's NFV capable and NFV centric. It seems like last year we were talking a lot about the core capabilities of the technology from yeah. a visionary perspective. The last couple of days I've been having conversations about POCs, about very specific business cases. Tell me what's been most notable for you in terms of the advancements. Two things, I think. One is the breadth of offerings that are coming to market now. The numbers of vendors who are working on solutions that are targeted towards function virtualization. Mm-hmm. Really looking at that NFV infrastructure component, if you think of how Etsy defined the different components of what an NFV solution needs to be. So the breadth of offerings. And then the second is the maturing of the technology. Now, it still has a long way to go, but a lot has occurred just to ensure that specific instances where they are targeted towards the mobile core or the edge of the network for this concept of mobile edge computing, or if it's the introduction of more virtualization into the services that are in the transport of the network, many of those technologies are starting down the path to being mature enough to enable initial deployments to occur, like really run in commercial networks and, and mm-hmm. support real services, real real traffic. And um, that's what we're seeing this year is that we've moved from that research phase into the initial trial phase. And now we're starting to see the beginnings of the deployments. Going back to the beginnings of our work with the rest of the industry and Etsy to define NFE, are you surprised by any places of innovation that you've seen folks go into at this year's MWC? I think the piece that's most encouraging is the kinds of services that they're starting to see can be enabled as a consequence. So everything from how you deploy, you know, IoT type service and the network's role within it, all the way through to creative uses of provisioning of service in like like virtual CPE, the virtualization of the customer premise equipment Mm -hmm. that we've seen some of the operators speak to and show as being deployments because of the way with which they can not just reduce the operating cost of those services, the cost of acquisition of the technology, the cost of operating and maintaining it, but how more quickly they can introduce new services, new application types on top of a much more flexible software-oriented network. That's very exciting to see and it's very encouraging because they're moving to that second part of the equation, which is how do you generate new revenue as a Mm -hmm. result of doing all of this and how do you start to create new services? And I think we're starting to see the beginnings of what can be differentiated services that will run on top of the network. It seems like there's a lot of effort around open orchestration at this point. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, there are a couple of aspects to it. 
we've been very involved with the OpenStack activities as an open source orchestration mechanism and the need for the management and orchestration of the network to have open interfaces and to create a standard is, is work underway. There's still work to be done. But the momentum is really about around how do we create the ability to partition the network resources such that we can make decisions around where to place different functions because of the attributes of the underlying networking equipment itself. So think of a server-based platform sitting in the network and the need for the orchestration of a service to understand what attributes exist in that server and take advantage of them and place Mm -hmm. the resources exactly where you can get best return from them, whether it's specific support for offloading of a security function or a particular latency characteristic that's really good for something like video traffic. Being able to make those kinds of decisions is a function of the orchestrator. And the open nature of an orchestrator is one that will enable different services from different vendors to be implemented, deployed on the network and managed through a single orchestration interface. Obviously, collaboration across the entire scope of industry is critical. What is Intel's role in that? We really think there are three really significant tenants to things like NFV. One is the standardization. We talked a little bit about that, evolving those standards and ensuring that the degree of openness that's prescribed or is initially you know, desired for is achieved. And then the second is the need for technology maturity. And we're investing in developing those. But the third is what you just asked, is how do you create a multi-vendor, highly collaborative industry to ensure the promise of multi-vendor solutions can actually be achieved, for which you need the two others. You need standardization, you need open interfaces and maturing technology. We've invested in the creation of an ecosystem program. We call it Network Builders. And Network Builders really is centered on ensuring that we're creating a burgeoning vendor landscape of fellow travelers, ISVs, OSVs, all of the vendors of software components and indeed hardware components and ingredients that are working together to ensure that interoperability can be achieved and that services or implementations of services that draw from multiple vendors become available so that the consumer of the infrastructure technologies has choice in terms of whom they can work with. And we're happy to say, you know, in a year and a half, we've moved from sort of 12 initial interested parties to more than 120. And we're growing upward from there. And that's a significant investment on our part to ensure that the multi-vendor, highly collaborative environment evolves and matures. At some point, we've got to engage with the operators themselves. How do you see the network builders ecosystem engagement bridging to those first trials and deployments with operators? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because one of the things we very deliberately have done is work with the operators of the networks for the last several years in really understanding their pain points, what they're trying to achieve, what are their priorities in terms of trying to achieve those and then help them galvanize their interests and their requirements into specifications, into requirements documents. We've worked very purposefully in that manner. And then with network builders, we really have two strands to it. One is the vendor community, the suppliers of the building blocks that will compose and create a network. The second is the end user community. So we have a portal for the end users, the actual operators of the networks themselves, and present that as a program to allow them to collaborate and to share learnings and to benefit from and develop from the initial proof of concept that they've worked on independently and creates a collaboration mechanism for them so they can share the learnings, some of the blueprints, some of the references that they've been involved with so that they're learning, so that they're not reinventing the wheel several times over. And that's a community that's growing. We have parties that have already joined to it and many more that are going to join over the next several months. Where do you see us going in 2015 in terms of this wave of market maturity? Yeah, I think 2015 is the year of the growth of deployments. 
through to 14, we, we have seen some initial deployments occur toward the end of the year, particularly. Mm-hmm. 2015, then, is the start to see actual, what we might call production level, commercial services deployed on these technologies and set itself up for a much broader base of, of deployments in 2016. But this is a multi-year journey. Uh, we're not going to see NFV or any of these technologies sort of take over the network in two years. It's only going to take the next 10 years. But the momentum is being created now and the work is going into the necessary foundational efforts. With the refresh rates in telco not being the quickest out of any industry, you would assume that that's going to be a long journey. But when do we hit the lion's share of new deployments being focused on NFV-based solutions? Yeah, there are two, I think, uh, contributing dynamics. One is there's a natural refresh cycle in telecoms anyway. They they tend to be kind of five-year cycles of technology refresh. One of the advantages they're taking of that is that because they are going through a cycle of hardware refresh anyway, they're taking the opportunity to refresh with platforms and technologies that are virtualizable, you know, that are capable of supporting virtualization and are more standard-based in terms of their computing infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But when we'll see a significant shift away from what have been largely proprietary vertically integrated systems to much more open, more standards-based, the best informed guess in the industry is that it's around the 2018 time we'll be at a point of kind of significant inflection when the lion's share is shifting. You mentioned that initial deployments have already started. Are there any particular use cases that you're seeing operators targeting first? Yeah, the ones that have shown a lot of interest because I think of their, their CapEx, but more importantly, their OpEx advantage are things like virtual CPE seen quite a bit of that. Telefonica being the uh, one of them very public in terms of what they have done. Virtualization within the radio access network, building from what was CRAN, the cloud radio access network. We've seen a virtual RAN offering from Alcatel Lucent and a lot of pent-up demand for that. Uh, and that really borrows from the mobile edge computing concept. And then the other is in this whole concept of the GI LAN, the interface between the mobile network and the internet. And uh, that has a great propensity to be virtualized. And so it has a lot of value in, uh, in terms of how they would build out that infrastructure based on virtualization and virtual technologies. And um, the other that has gained a lot of interest over the last year, although not so much in terms of the actual live deployment, is in the EPC, the Evolved Packet Core. Mm-hmm. And in the mobile core, uh, many of the functions, whether they're packet gateways or serving gateways or mobile management engines, can be virtualized and run on standard servers. We saw China Mobile do that here last year at Mobile World Congress. Outside of the world of telecom, we see a lot of interest around virtual appliances in the enterprise, Mm -hmm. security appliances and load balancers and things of that nature. When you take a look at Intel's role, and you've done a great job describing it, What do you think are the biggest challenges for us in 2015? One is to continue to fuel the momentum and execute, continue to execute to our own technology deliverables and our our partnerships with our customers and with our end customers and their customers. Uh, So we need to execute. It's all about delivery. It's ensuring that we fulfill our part of the bargain and of the promise. And then the second challenge is helping to prove the business case. Because quite frankly, you know, much as the technology is maturing and there's a huge pent-up demand and desire for it, some of the business cases are not really proven yet. And that's more in terms of the data, deriving data from the initial deployments, understanding what business impact they had, what savings were achieved, what new services could be implemented, how much new revenue was achieved as a consequence. All of that business model needs to be informed and will be through the initial deployments that are occurring. But that's a body of work we need to continue to focus. John, it was a pleasure talking to you today as always thanks so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us at Mobile World Congress yeah, thanks Alison always a pleasure visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat and for more information on data center technologies visit intel.com slash big data intel.com slash cloud 
and intel.com slash data center optimization. 